take the Baja shrimp taco with the hibiscus infused coleslaw. Also, um, a vegetarian bean and cheese, both on black bean infused tortillas. Let me see if we can... Please, do we got any of those black bean infused tortillas? No, sorry, sir. We're fresh out of that. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll take the biggest, Buenas noches, San Antonio. Welcome to Puto S-A-F-C. It's Matt. And Clayton. And we are back in the pod den, bringing you Puto S-A-F-C on a Tuesday night. Very traditional. Very Puto San Antonio. Dude, I love that song. I, I, like, I don't normally, <laughs> I don't normally tease, it, tease the song to you before we do this. Like, yeah. I let you, I play it, and then we kind of, like, either I just flat out mention what the significance was but tonight i was excited about it because it, ju- <laughs> it just came to me as i was outlining what we're doing and where we're going with the show and i just thought it was just perfect and thanks for showing me the video with henry the puffy taco in it yep pretty sure that was lonesome rose oh yeah that's guarantee caps's club i almost went there last night they do their like npr tpr film sh- tapings if you're a listener f- free show one monday a month and he films his show there, live. And Garrett T. Capps played uh, your block party, the Mankey block party. He sure did. Uh, I would happily make that our theme song. I want to hear that when we exit. Any extra time, up to 60 minutes tonight, I want to hear the rest of that song. Because that's a great song. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> it's pretty fitting, pretty apt for where we're, where we're at today, right? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm still on the song, Clayton. I love it. Yeah. The, is, is he ordering an Austin taco? Is that what's happening yeah, in that he, video? Yeah, but he's in San Antonio, and, he, and it's an, he's supposed to be like an Austinite, I think, <laughs> asking for that stuff here. And they're like, nah, man, we ain't got that. You know, so, like Garrett T. Caps, I love Austin. I like Austin, but I love San Antonio. Well, and like, it kind of works. It kind of ties with some stuff I wanted to talk about with yeah. where we're, where we're going to go today. Let's go. Like, giddy up. Like, let's just get right into it. Like, I feel like the Austin fans at that Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup game were kind of like one of those fluffy tacos that, like, like those fancy tacos with not a lot of substance to it. Like Ooh. when we, uh, when they, uh, when they rolled up into our joint. That's kind of the way I felt. Why? After it was all over, with like their coordinated dancing and like their coordinated like. Like putting their arms on the shoulders and like doing one side up and one side. And don't get me wrong, I sat there and I watched it and I was kind of like, "Ooh, this is kind of cool," but like, not a lot of substance, you know, and like not a lot of, you know, not a lot of oomph to it. Well, you saw my text to listener Tanner, so you saw my thoughts. I don't. I don't remember specifically. It what, was. What, I said a pretty similar thing, which was like, "I like it. It's cool." But I know it's marketing, and I know it's new and invented and fake. But at the same time, it's something, and it's there, and that's something. I mean, they got they got more people here for uh, 
for a uh, Lamar Hunt U.S. Open game than any other team. I, they had more fans here than any other game that we've ever seen from, like with the exception of like when those Mexican teams come to town. In my section, it was 50-50. Yeah. So, I mean, they might have had close to half of the stadium, Clayton. Sure. You know, they, they definitely had the one giant section <laughs> – like in they the corner, had way more supporters than we did. Sorry, Crocketeers. Yes, dwarfed but, thousand of them probably. But that don't care, you know. Like that. <laughs> that's just that. That's just it. Like it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't substance to me, you know. Yeah, I don't feel like they were making the difference in the game for their team. I mean, obviously not by the score, but like I didn't see. I don't remember their 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 team like surging off of the fans at all at any point in time and like dominating us because of because of the vocality of their of their fan section. That's true. I'll give you that. Did your section start rebelling? Because in my section, we haven't talked about the game on the pod since we were there. People started chanting and cheering back at the Austin people and it really like united in opposition. There, like there weren't like a lot of original there was a lot of the S A F C and stuff. But there were more people doing it. It was more than loud. a normal game, yes, right? It was loud. Like, and, did they look? You well, could that see was that like, was a sellout. That game was that game was a sellout. You know, like there was as many people there for that game as any playoff game that we've been to or anything like that, right? Best atmosphere you've ever seen there, said you on the pod last week. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really thought it, I, I really thought it was, it was spectacular. Um, can I pig tie hog tie into last week's episode? Yeah, a, a callback. Well, I mean, we gotta we gotta finish what we started. Is it a rivalry now? Mm. No, because we just dominate so much, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, doesn't one side? It's like Liverpool and Everton, you know. Like, eh, is that really a rivalry? Like, Liverpool just stomps them all the time now. So I tried to start an undefeated champ after the game in my section. Good idea. And someone turned around and said, "No, we're not. We lost to so and so already." And I was like, "You're not getting it." We're undefeated against Austin, not undefeated yeah. for life. And and you know what? Like I don't I don't ever want to be one of those people that came down here to travel. That, that, is that something to be said? Like, does that say something about my fandom or my like dedication to the team? That I that I just you know it's it's nice for those people, but I I don't want that for me. I don't well, need that for me. That's fine. Those people don't want to be you. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Uh, you know every every act every stage needs a lead. Okay. Every band needs a drummer. Right. So maybe someone that's listening for the first time, let's tell them what we're talking about. How about that? <laughs> How about that? I think everybody knows what we're talking about. Austin one, SAFC two. And at the when we cut off last week, broadcasting from the game because that's the last time we've had a chance to talk to people, we were losing one zero. First half, pretty pretty even, pretty even match. N- nothing, nothing. And then they come out and score. We get caught on our heels. They score maybe. Two three minutes into the first half, into the, into the second half. Diego Fagundes, forty seventh minute goal for Austin, one zero lead, live on our pod. Diego Fagundes, good player MLS for a long time. Like started off in New England as a very young, like Portuguese, like eighteen years old, seventeen years old, maybe homegrown. Yeah, homegrown He's player. Portuguese American. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry, I should have misled. Know he was Portuguese. He was Portuguese. Yeah, Portuguese, Portuguese American, uh. and like. And, like, it seems like he's been around forever, which he has been, but he's only, like, in his late 20s. You see the Mitch Tainer post? No. Mitch Tainer and Diego Fagundes playing together for the Revolution when they were, like, 18 or 19. Ooh, very so cool. He's, he's Tainer's age. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's bounced around. He scored goals, but just never lit it up. Yeah. Talented kid. But anyway, he scores. He scores. We It gets pretty, it gets pretty down in the stadium because the MLS team is up 1-0, and normally there's not a whole bunch of fight back. 
But fight back, we did. We started controlling the ball on their end a bit. We did, and they they didn't bring their their eight like so to describe to people. They started probably their B plus A minus team. I think they started about eight of their normal starters. Okay, all right. Which I consider you're at, you rest a couple people, and we but. probably started eight or nine of our starters as well. But for some context, in the U.S. Open Cup, some MLS teams, Columbus, the night before, played a whole new eleven against Detroit. Against Detroit, all backups, and they lost. Wah, you lost, but you played all reserves. Yeah, that doesn't count, ish. You know, Austin did not do that. Their best no. player was on the field. Yes, and the, their designated player was not like the guy that's. Uh, oh, he's not in the MLS anyway. either. He's on. Uh, a domestic abuse charges. There you go. Exactly. There you go. That, He's you not say, playing. Oh, it's he not wasn't. Our... He wasn't available to play, regardless of whether they wanted him to play. Yes. Okay. And we started probably our best eight or nine. For sure. You know, Maloney and Abu came off the bench at halftime, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, we gave up a goal, so there was some discombobulation. But we battled back, and great ball into the middle to Elliot Collier, twinkle toes, does a little misdirection action. Back of the net, side netting, 1-1, all kinds of drama. 82nd minute, so yeah, eight it was, minutes from the end. Yeah, so there was a big chunk of time in between that we're kind of skipping over, but we've got a lot of things we want to talk about tonight, so it's you know right. we're not going to get... And then, over time, we get down to... I don't remember sp- the, the exact way that the goal was scored. It was a... a like. It's oh, like we had do. a feud, like head back across I by do. Tainer. I remember it because Abu, it, I, I watched it ten times. We took a, sh- a corner and it got rejected right back to the corner. Yeah, we didn't even make it past the first defender. Goes back to Abu somehow. He puts in kind of a second cross, but from back out wide. And way far post. Way far post. And you're right, we've done this before. It's obviously practiced, right? Yes, try to get Tainer or Collier or somebody on the on deep where he's 1v1 and he can out-jump his defender and everyone else is in the middle, and he plays it back. And so hopefully you catch the keeper coming one way, and then we can, and that's exactly what happened. Head it back across to everyone else. Yes, and that's what they teach you. Like, head it back across yeah. and put it, like like in hockey, put it across the, the crease and good things will happen. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Manley gets it. Header doesn't just clobber it, but just redirects it, and the keeper was too far over towards his near post. Puts it in the back of the net. Boom. We're up 2-1. to one. Was it the first overtime period? 96th minute. Okay, 96th yep. minute. And then in the 124th minute of a 124-minute game, Jordan Farr with a double save. We're playing with 10-minute at that point, aren't we? Ooh, someone got injured. I think so. Coutinho came in and then limped off injured, I yes. believe. Yes, yes. You're right. So we only had one forward at the time. Up the, and our only substitution left was Matt Cardoni. And we had no more subs allowed. Because we had used all six... And so maybe we didn't have a bench of 18. I don't know what the rules are. Maybe we didn't have a full bench. No, 6 plus 11 is 17. Oh, and then Cardoni. Yeah. So rather than put Cardoni in as another, like, sweeper or something like that, we just played a man short for the last couple of minutes. Jordan Farr comes up with a couple of more just spec, like, guy rips it right at him. He's on the ground sitting down and somehow manages to catch the ball. And not drop it with a guy in his lap. Yeah, like, literally. Like, literally in his lap. Have you seen the ball boy on that? No. Oh, <laughs> the ball boy goes ape shit. It almost looks like the old, like, Rocky where he's doing the sit-ups and the guy's slapping his stomach like that. And, like, yeah. and, and then, he, and then he, he's holding the medicine ball. Yeah. That's exactly what that looked like. Yeah. Like, totally. So, the crowd goes wild. The announcers go wild. We win 2-1. to one, 
and that's where we left our that's where we left our listeners last time. It's a late night, man. It was. We had a great time. We had a couple more beers, and well, I don't think you had stayed around and had beers in the parking lot with us. No, afterwards. I had to go get my kids. Oh, you did. They got sick after that. They were up till almost midnight. Clayton, I hope my ex wife isn't listening to this pod. Yeah. So Jeez. for our listeners that may not know, with that win, they did they did a draw the very next day. They did a draw the very next day mm-hmm. for the next round of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup, and we drew the Houston Dynamo at Houston on, and it didn't say the exact date and time or the exact date at the time, but now we know it's May 11th. Wednesday night, May 11th, 7.30 in Houston. I would love to go. So many things have to go right for, for that to happen for me. So many things. have like I can't even say with any kind of percentage over 50% that I would be able to. It would be like... It's probably be like 80-20 not go over t- and 20% go at this we point. We were talking about it on Saturday. I, I know. We'd had, some, we'd had some drinks. Yeah. And we were having a good time. And we were we were around the supporters group. We were around the Crocketeers. Wednesday And we night. were all rah-rah and very excited. But when rationale and reason and stuff <laughs> come into – it's hard to rationalize. Honestly, if it was on Tuesday, I'd be more likely. But Wednesday's tough for me. So we'll see. Well, I don't know. But that's that's what it is. We're in the fourth round. There's, I think I saw a breakdown. There's like, there's a fair number of USL teams left. A, so, fa- a, f- a fair number of non-USL teams, even below USL, and then majority MLS. It's the round of 32. So we just had a round, and now the last MLS teams come in. So some MLS teams are just now entering. I love the USL teams that are in it. There's something called like the Colorado Tormenta. That's not a USL team. They're USL a non-USL two. team. I think they're a League One team, maybe. They're out of Fort Collins. Ooh, I bet they have some good sponsors, dude. I bet <laughs> fat, fat tires for everybody, right? Like rolling around in that stadium. The Omaha team is There's in it. Probably a little Green Cross section up yeah. in that, up in that stadium as well. What's the Omaha team called? Like the Omaha Union, I think. Yeah, they're alive still. Yeah, uh, is that the team that? No, that's the menace that Mar- Marcina used to coach. Ford, yeah, Des Moines out. But there is a there is a, there's there's some other oh the the Tormenta there's the Atlanta the Georgia Tormenta that's the Georgia that's the Georgia team and they beat somebody oh it's the Colorado Hailstorm that's right it's Colorado Hailstorm a Tormenta is like a storm right so that's where the confusion is it's the Georgia Tormenta <laughs> and they beat somebody. And then the Colorado Hailstorm. And they beat Real Salt Lake. They beat an MLS team. They did. They beat Real Salt As Lake did Detroit, bad. They beat them like 3-0 or Detroit something like that. Detroit City also beat an MLS yes. team, Columbus. So, so there's lots of drama available out there. There's a few USL teams drawn against USL teams, and that's not that's not fun. No. But, you know, they're trying to do the whole randomness of it thing. In but, England, is it possible for two teams in the same division to meet. Yes, like really? it's totally random. It's, it's totally random. It's just ping pong balls out of the out of the thing. I really think the lower division teams should host. In England in the FA Cup, correct me if I'm wrong, the lower division team hosts first. No, not anymore. Now it's like they, they did it the way they did it on the th- like the first person drawn out is the host, the oh. second person drawn out is the visitor. Isn't it that if you host and you win it's over? It used to be if where it's high, it goes, it, to, the it goes to the other person's and place. And if you lose, you're out. Yes, exactly. It used to be, and it used to be, they didn't go to penalties. You just keep going back and forth, like <laughs> for indefinite. Like the next day, it's like the last set at Wimbledon. You know, like it can be like 
32 to 30, you know, Not anymore games. there either. Yeah, exactly. The, things have changed. People's yeah. attention spans aren't what they used to be. And people have jobs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's where we're at in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open so Cup. talk to me. What's that? Two, night, two weeks from tonight, basically? Yeah. So take a break. Take a deep breath. Wednesday night soccer comes back in two weeks. Yeah. I'm stoked for that, man. And, you know, they're all broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, good. Even, like, the lower-level games that you've never even heard of, they have those on ESPN+, Plus, which is pr- pretty cool. Have you heard the new term? No. Everyone's throwing around on the stupid podcast, cup set. Whoa. Oh, a cup set. I get it. Like, And we were the first favorite cup set on the podcast I listened to. They, the ones... Best the, cup set the of most likely, Like, the most likely to happen? No, the most entertaining, most exciting game was cup set San Antonio. Oh. And Jordan Farr got some shout-outs. I mean, I watched that Detroit-Columbus game. That was a pretty exciting game, but it didn't have the it didn't have the same drama as always, like overtime and stuff like that. This was Extra Time Radio. That was the second one mentioned. Yeah. But I was pretty proud of us being the top story yeah. of the whole cup. Hold on, let me grab some water real quick. You keep talking to our listeners. Well, what am I going to talk to them about? Clayton, I feel like maybe this is a good argument for why pro-rail should happen. I mean... If you don't know what that is, in other countries, the last place team, when they, the last two or the last three teams in the division go down at the end of the season, the top two or three in the next division go up. Clayton, is the U.S. Open Cup, is this just the closest we're going to get to pro rail in America? Like, is this what it feels like? Is this our simulation of what it's like? Yeah, it may it may be for a while. Like, I, and when I say a while, I have no idea. I mean, it would have to be a pretty big number. But, um, but... We've talked about it before, like, I mean, MLS players numbers uh, 7 through 18 aren't necessarily that much better than USL players number 1 through 11. And what I mean by that is, like, their number 6 or 7 starter it going down to, like, their last bench player... Uh, for people that aren't real familiar with what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that if you they're out, not much better. If you take out their five best players. Yes, exactly. Yes. I mean, like Connor Maloney, Mitch Tainer, all those guys have been part of MLS teams, you know? And so, like, and so, like, they, they are our best, play- but they've also been at the end of the bench. So, so you see what I'm saying? There's, there's crossover. Yeah. And for people who might not be familiar with this, a lot of the players would choose this because they want to play. Yes. Like, who wants to be. A sub that never plays when you're a 25 year old dude, not making a ton of money. Right, like the, the the last guy on the bench in the MLS doesn't make that much more, I don't think, than probably a pretty good USL player. They can make more in the USL at times, I think. In there the we, past, at least. Yeah, because I mean they're individual owners, so they don't have collective bargaining. So if they want that person, yeah, and they think they're going to be a good, like I bet Hunter, um, Borsky? no, uh, I'm sorry, Blake, Blake Smith. Blake Smith was probably probably got a pretty decent salary for his for his time here in San Antonio, and probably more here than maybe at the end of the bench in uh, you know Colorado or yeah that's a tough one I'm I'm kind of doubting myself now but but like it, you're an athlete you want to compete right so there some, you go they'll that, choose to come to the USL to play at its most basic element yes like taking down to its least common denominator yeah. wanting to play and excel at what you do you know for because you love the game. That's that's there's something to be said for that. I really hadn't thought about that, Clayton, until like after the game that Dylan came from Seattle. Uh, Santiago. Or, anyway, I'm going to list like seven players on our team that came from MLS. Right. Patino came from Orlando. Mm-hmm. Abu came from Columbus. Maloney came from Columbus. Kamiri came from Vancouver. 
Bam. PC Tank. didn't PC come from Vancouver as yes. well? Or, or 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 one of the Florida teams? Yes. Yeah. Uh Tainer came from Toronto. Uh and then I think there's one more. So right down the spine of our team is former MLS players who were oh Collier was a Chicago Fire. Oh, yeah, he starter. was. Yeah, he was. Wow. Yeah. So we, we get these guys when they're 27, 28, and then sprinkle some academy kids. It real. We really are playing like an MLS bench for our team. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. Like I thought I was gonna have like an SAFC hangover, and be like, man, I don't know if I can get right back into it. But then again, this but then this Saturday, you texted me and you were like. Boom, watch party. I'm thinking about checking it out. You got anything going on? And I was like, as a matter of fact, I do have something going on. That, that sounds like fun. And I I say SAFC watch party. You didn't phrase it like that. said Crocketeers watch party. Yeah. And apparently there's a difference. I didn't know there was a difference, but somehow we learned there there was a difference. Well, because then I got an email saying there's a watch party for the team. And it's like, what? Why is there two watch parties? And so where was the team watch party? I don't even know. Walk-ons. Oh, you did mention that to me. I did forget that. And I don't leave the loop on the weekends, so I didn't want to go there. Yeah. And the uh, uh, Crocketeers watch party was at Alamo Beer. Fantastic. And we went to that, and Fantastic. we had a blast. I had a blast. Hell yeah, man. We uh, we got there a little early, maybe about 7.30, and uh, the game was at 8 against New Mexico at Isotopes Park. So they're on mountain time. So that was a little... So you got to factor that weirdness in. And then um, we had a few beers, listened to some live music out on the patio at Alamo Beer underneath the Hay Street Bridge. Mm-hmm. And then the game started. We took it inside. And we we chummed it up with some uh, some supporters. Some yeah. Crocketeer supporters. Met some nice supporters during halftime, huh? Yes. Because you and I don't go to the Crocketeer section... I might stop by their tailgate for a beer or some food, but... And you know what? We walked in. We were wearing gear. They came up and said hello to us, made us feel welcome. Yeah. And uh, Alamo Beer had a good setup inside. Like, all the TVs were on the game. There were That's like, right. There were, like, four different TVs with giant picnic tables. The whole inside was reserved for crocketeers. I didn't realize that until the next day. <laughs> they got the whole inside. Yeah. That's pretty dope. No, it was really nice. Dude, I've never been there. If you're a listener and you haven't been to Alamo Beer... I, I don't know. Everyone I tell that to is like, how have you not been there, dude? It's awesome, Clayton. I really love that place. It is. I mean, there's, they have a great beer selection. There's space. There's outdoor area for kids to run around. Shade. There's shade. There's food. Games. You ate. Yeah, there's games to play. Big beers. You know, there's maybe a futsal court coming at sometime, sometime soon. Who knows? Limitless possibilities. I want to do that at the next Crocketeers game, by the way. The next Crocketeers watch party. Try to stir up some informal futsal game, uh, like six o'clock. Oh, I see what you're saying. We're gonna play, work up a sweat, drink some beers. The scene was definitely one that has me um, wanting to go back. Yeah, that that's 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 the best thing I can think I can say about the scene. It wasn't ram and it wasn't rambunctious. No, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like people were were like glowering or things were gonna if things didn't go our way that things were gonna get surly or anything like that. Like just. Just some people want to watch a soccer game and drink some beers and have some good. We met some. We met some some new people. You know. Would you say Kentucky Rick or something? Kenny, Kenny from Kentucky. Kenny from Kentucky. Kenny from Kentucky, who just just is new to San Antonio and wanted to work out here and thought like, you know what, getting into the local soccer scene is probably a good way to meet people. And I was interested to meet Kenny. And Kenny from we, Kentucky's awesome, man. Yeah, exactly. Like new we hung listener. out there. We hung out in the parking lot and talked to him 
about all kinds of shit for, you know, for an hour after the game, right? And mm-hmm. and you know what? I'll remember him when I see him at the Crocketeers at their at their next tailgate or if I see him in the stands or That's if I right. see him at the next watch party. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it cuz really it's like a binary thing like yeah, well, there's a game. I sat there. I wouldn't go back. Versus, like, I'm exactly with you, man. Like, yeah, it's awesome. It's downtown. It's close by. It's easy, convenient. There's a parking lot. Like, there is no drawback. I'm in. Yeah. 100%. Yes. I mean, I don't know if we're going to be there every day. No, no. When, you, you, like, life, life gets in the way sometimes, yes. Saturday night, I, I can't devote every Saturday night to this team. <laughs> there is life also. But when it's convenient, I will go. For sure. Yeah. Now, there was a game played as well. Not a lot to say about the game. Was it a game of soccer or was it more like beach sand so soccer? It's on, on their baseball field. When we you play a soccer game on a baseball field. It's like Isotopes Park, the, the Albuquerque Isotopes. That's their something from the Simpsons. It's their, it's their minor league team. And we've talked about this in the past, how we lost Bradford Jameson the fourth to a to a, at a slide at second base, you know, like it's awkward looking, but I'll say this. I checked the attendance. They had 11,000 people there. I know. I saw that too. Did you see that number? And I, I never, so that, that place is big. That's a big stadium is what that says because it certainly didn't feel or look like they had 11,000 people there. Agreed. The game was difficult to be, to play on that surface. The grass was long. Yeah. Like they'd hit the ball and it would just stop or yeah. it would bounce. And then like, the ba- it would cushion the bat, and so it wouldn't bounce to like the normal height that they would think it was supposed yes. to bounce. Like it would absorb the, or they'd be anticipating that high bounce and lift their foot up, and it would sneak under their foot. Yes, so they looked like twelve year olds or something. Yeah, there was a. It was not the most beautiful game. If you want to teach someone to like appreciate the the uh, I don't know the the whatever the word is the aesthetics of the beauty of the aesthetics of the game. That was not it. This is looking more like kind of when, when people describe, like, the FA Cup of 1882. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, a, like, just like, kind of it starts off in the streets, like, as a bra- it starts at one pub, and if you can get the ball, like, through the door of the other pub at the end of the street, then then you then your team wins. Yeah, right? not like, that. Maybe more like uh, it's the polo field or it's the horse yeah. yard. Like, we play on Sundays. There, there, there probably should have been some cones out on the field marking, <laughs> marking divots. Yes, like mark, marking divots, marking second base. Yeah, I mean that was pretty classic. Some of your comments, like, "Oh, it's at the warning track," or yeah. "Oh, Maloney just got a double." <laughs> yeah, oh, I just saw a guy rip one down the line. Oh, that's the, the warning track yeah, exactly. started like two yards in front of the goal, which was really like. Move the goal two yards. Like, don't have the warning track. Yeah, be in we play. can have it be 132 <laughs> yards long, right? Or 128. Well, we've been doing this a while, and listeners probably don't tune into that many road games. Every game this year, I was bragging about how nice the stadiums have been, and this was a flashback to... To, like, woo! This is minor league. 2018 USA. Like, it literally is minor league, like, on a minor league baseball field. When most of these teams played on fields like that, right? Yeah, that's, now, this is the exception rather than the rule. It's, That's it's, good. It certainly seems like. Uh, uh, so what happened on the field, Matthew, of note? Justin Dillon, 67th minute PK, right down the middle. I did not know the, the rule. You, I'm going to admit that right now. Somebody that thinks that acts like they know a lot about soccer, I thought that he had to be inside the box. 
Sorry. Or the ball had to be inside the box. You're jumping to the foul. Okay. I was just saying PK happened. All right. The foul was Elliot Collier getting fouled. No, it was of... Dylan getting fouled. Really? I went back and watched. It wasn't okay. Twinkle Toes Collier. It was Dylan, and then they let, and then they Ooh. all handed the ball to Dylan, and we can get into that for just, for in, in just a moment. But but okay. explain. Fouled right on the line as he dribbles sideways, he gets taken down like foot to foot. You can see it right clearly, like right. There on the is line. contact between the defender and oh, his yeah. foot. Where it is and when it is is what's in question, in parentheses. And for non-listener Henry Amon, because he can't figure out how to get a podcast to play. Sorry, Henry, you're 71. I really want you to listen. He's always saying every Sunday the line is in the, in the penalty box. The line is part of the area. I did not know that rule. I'm going to be perfectly flat honest. I had no idea. I thought it was the same as like, so you know when a keeper slides and his body goes outside, but yeah. the ball stays inside the box? That's not a handball because the ball's still inside the box. This is all about where the contact is made and not where the ball is. And the line is, unlike the hole where you have to be across the line, right. on the line is inside. That's how this is different than the rest. And the rest like of the like, out-of-bounds line, the line the, is in. Exactly. The ball has to go all the way across the line. Can't yeah. touch any part of the line. For a goal to happen, the ball has to go all the way across the line. They even have technology for that. Interesting. Do they extend would they extend the 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 technology for on the line for the penalty area? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. The, not a point. You do, I just I don't ever remember seeing this before. But it this was scenario. pretty clearly right on the line, right? Yes, because normally contact either happens before, outside uh-huh. the box, uh-huh. and their momentum carries them into the box. Therefore, it's a foul outside the box, or it happens clearly inside the line. You wouldn't have been surprised if they gave a free kick right outside the box, would you? I thought it was outside the box. I feel like... Oh. Because he points down, like, right there where the spot is to where the spot, and then he takes his hands up and points to the, <laughs> to the penalty spot. So I guess what he's pointing, what the referee is doing is saying, look, it's on the line, therefore it's a penalty. Mm. That's the way I'm going to interpret that. I think what usually happens is when it's that close, the referee just says, like, how dangerous is anything happening right here on the line? Like, just put the ball outside and, like, oh, I get the that. opposite of tie goes to the runner. Like, dude, a penalty kick is a free goal. Well, it, it, it went in our favor, although the rule looks like was interpreted correctly. I agree. And, yeah, right um... And it was a little harsh on them because he wasn't in a scoring position, really. He was just kind of laterally dribbling across. His head was down. He wasn't getting ready to shoot. It didn't look like he was getting ready to make some really incisive cut. There's like four defenders there. Yes, exactly. But they all give the ball to Justin Dillon, tell him to take it. He takes it. He scores his first goal of the season. Um, really? First goal of the season. What? And for those of our listeners that maybe are just tuning in this year, Justin Dillon unfortunately missed the last penalty against uh, against the OC in the playoff game last year. No. Yes, he did. Get out. Yes, he did. He hit the post, remember? In in penalty in, shootout? In penalty shootout. He, he hit cost the, us the final? He, I didn't say that. I said he took the last penalty, he hit the post, and it didn't go in. I and then? I didn't say he cost us the final. What was the next shot? They made it and it's over? Yes, then they made it and, and it's over. That Damus oh, that Damus I mean, guy made it. And his it, kick was the decisive There we kick. go. Yes. Wow. Yes. Good and for you. Hey, Just the, Good research, Clayton. Thank you. That's and, a comeback story. And I like I like that they gave him the ball and was like, this, you know, like, because... Because we, we, I've talked about it. We've talked about it week in and week out. Justin Dillon may not be the guy that you want there to give you a goal, get you a goal like in the last minute. 
but you cannot fault the work ethic he has put in all season for us. With the injuries, he has been asked to do a lot. Oh, he's played all over. Yes, he's worked so hard. And, you know, he's he's had chances that maybe he hasn't put away. But not once have you ever gone, man, Dylan, he's letting me down. You know he's what I'm saying? He's just jogging around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not once. Not no. once. And and I, I, lo- I would... I would maybe prefer to have that guy that's not going to finish the chances than the Risto Stoichkov, the guy that stands there with his hands on his hips for 89 minutes and then puts one in. You know what I'm saying? Like, like because sometimes maybe he's going to put that one in when we lose four to one. You know, not gonna, he's not always going to score the winner. Yeah, I mean, we've got Santiago Coutinho right there staring at you right now, being like, "What, Clayton? Well, I he can't stay goals. healthy. I score goals. He too. can't stay healthy. He came yeah. off in the, in the Austin game." He came in as a sub and came That's out. That's the consistency and giving me giving me eighty minutes is ninety if you need to. I mean, taking care of yourself, um, you know, like maybe that's part of it. Maybe knowing how to train properly. We've talked about, you know, but Justin Dillon, Elliot Collier, good on them, like putting in the work for us this season. So one zero SAFC. Not a lot out of New Mexico. Did not, and like this is the first time we've ever beat them there as well. Ooh. We've never beat them there. They didn't really threaten, did they? I did. Like Far made like one save in the second half, like towards the end. Look, but, I'll just but, I'll ruin it and say this is a forgettable, forgettable game. Yeah. In two weeks, we won't remember this game. Yeah. If you have it, uh, if you have it DVR, just de- just delete. Just hit the red button. The three minute summary is plenty of highlights. Yeah. Just go to the USL website and watch the, hit the red button. Yeah. Just just hit the red <laughs> button on it, dude. Just hit the red button. That's three straight one zero wins on the road, Clayton. Yeah. Um, that was another little thing I was going to show out. Three straight shutouts in USL play. That's and something. That's not nothing. No, I'm checking now. Are they all on? Three straight 1-0 wins, period. Not on the road. Because so, the home one also. So have we become have we become late 90s, uh, early 2000s San Antonio Spurs? Winning games like 67 to... <laughs> winning games like 82 to 79. Sure. And, and like nobody wants to actually watch it. It's not... It's not, or do, or do we not, or do we not care? Yeah, I think in this game we had a thirty-six percent possession. Yeah, and in the the game against Austin we had thirty-three percent possession, but the shot count in both games was pretty even. And you know, they showed a statistic on ESPN that blew my mind, Clayton. Whoa! Teams with more possession in the EPL this year have a losing record. Really? The team that loses the possession battle has a winning record. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. <laughs> Take the ball. There's something. Yeah, please. Like, here. Like, you can there, have it. Is there any other sport where possession is a thing? <sighs> no, because, I mean, there's clocks in all the sports that we, American sports that yeah, we follow. It's kind of like football, right? Now the team that wins has the possession of the football for longer, just as often loses the game. Yeah, because, I mean. You, you want to score in 32 seconds. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. Are the quick strike down the field? Yep. Are very like than the New York Giants of the night. Like there are no New York Giants of the nineteen nineties where we're going to run the ball forty five times a game. Green Bay Packers of the seventies. Yes. The yeah. Sixties. Interesting. I I thought about that. Good research on that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I was just watching TV. So game pretty darn forgettable. Yeah. I mean, I think this reflects our formation, dude. Can Can I bring up that? Oh, once again, we point. went with the three. Three midfielders with the triumvirate of Maloney, PC, Abu in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Against Austin, we didn't. We started with only two in the middle. Yes. And then by halftime, we switched up. True. I mean, it's pretty... It's Spurs 90s, if that's the way you're going to say it, man. Like, three center backs, a couple guys wide, a three center mids, and then those big like, boys up... Thou shalt not pass! <laughs> they just go all Gandalf and, like, drop the staff. And, like, it's a, that's the way the Spurs used to play. They had... <laughs> that, that first champ, they had this guy named Rajo Nesterovich, Tim Duncan, yeah. and David Robinson. And they wouldn't play all three of them at the same time, but they would, they would like Nesterovich would block would block the middle, and then the other big man once you got the rebound or got a block shot would run out wide and then like try to get down the floor. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we had two just giants in there, like getting every rebound, just like just with their arms up in the middle of the paint like that. That's essentially what's going on here. But you know what? I I've always said I enjoyed watching that because it was mine. And if it got results, then I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not a neutral. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't need to, like, I can appreciate the beauty of ugly. It's certainly like plug and play, kind of like uh, replaceable parts in the modern machines. Ooh. We need center backs. A little bit tall, athletic, decent passers. Interchangeable parts. Boom. Interchangeable parts. Intercha- like- we need uh, some white guys. Some little guys that are speedy, that can defend. And then a bunch of little ants and or mice or rats that just run around the middle and like do crap. Just run around and you know like crazy like hamsters. Know your role. Yeah, be your hamster. Know, know your role. And then the forwards, like you just put them up there and you give them the ball and finish some chances and run around and run hard and do all that like hard working forwards. You know what? I, I it's it's frustrating at times not having the ball because we think that you need to have it in order to in order for good things to happen. Yeah, but you don't. Like we're learning that you don't. Well, since they brought an extra center midfielder, I I observe that we play soccer now. I think we might not have the ball all the time, but we connect passes. There's a little more purpose. There's when when the ball is played forward, there's a big gap. Those two big guys have to hold up the ball. If they can't hold it up and then get it to the guys coming forward, then it then it starts to look a little whew, exasperating. Yeah, but the connection through the middle is so much better in the last month. Yes. The beginning and, of the season was like more and to go from those two different for, be able to go from those two different formations, I wouldn't say seamlessly, but they are very different formations. Yeah, there's a plan B. And and that's where we go. We've talked about how we haven't always seen a plan B. Plan B has been working pretty damn good for us. If we need to pressure up top, we can put in another forward, clear out the middle a little, and you know, when we need a goal maybe. Co- coaching coaching has not been our, our problem so far this season. It's been really good. Yeah. Coaching not our problem at all. I don't think you you know, you know my worry I worry that this is a team that it, mm, that this is a kind of a formation or a style or that fits. You can beat bad teams or decent teams, but you can't beat the best teams. Like uh, Phoenix is gonna Phoenix us if we uh, next time we play. Like you know, like this for this style is never gonna be able to outdo outdo what they have. We'll always come in third place or second place or fourth place with I, this. I don't know. I'm interested to find out. Because, I mean, I don't think we're going to change much from what we've seen now at this point. We have a play, an A and a B, and you know what? That's what we're going to be from here on out. We are six wins and one loss, Yeah, we're, dude. In, we're in second place in the Western Conference. We're sitting pretty. Yeah. So, like, this is a really good start. Yeah, we're not, we're not – I don't think we're being glass, glass, glass half empty here. I think it's quite the opposite. We're saying great job coaching, coming up with a plan B. We had major 
injuries at the beginning of the season to yeah. deal with. And you know what? We w- went with what we had and what we have, and and we've we've made lemon lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two starters, three starters gone. You know, like if we keep winning one zero, Santiago Patino can keep sitting and get healthy. You know, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, no gripes, no so, gripes. Um, so coming up then to keep that train rolling um, this Saturday at home against new expansion franchise Monterey Bay. Yep. So that's two expansion franchises for us in the first. Well, do you call Detroit an expansion franchise? Yes. New team. Yeah, new team. There we go. Monterey Bay. Um, coming here seven thirty normal start time. What do you want to see out of that? What do you want to see out of that this weekend, Matthew? Well, I want to say welcome back, Sam Gleedle and Kai Green, both at Monterey Bay, huh? Two former SAFC dudes. Wow, I didn't look at that at all. Look at you doing some research. Yeah, I, well, I saw Sam Gleedle, and then I went to go look it up to make sure, or see, and then I saw Kai Green right next to him. I was like, oh dang, what about do you know? that? Yeah, welcome back, two guys that really did well here. I will give them. I will give them applause. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh. I don't want to see a letdown. I say that this is a classic letdown game. Yeah, I get Monterey that. Bay has one win and five losses. They are opposite. They have one win and everything else has been a loss. No ties. And they're we- coming. They're traveling a long ways from really nice weather to maybe not the greatest weather. And <laughs> like, um, well, that may not be anything. We'll but, see. But uh, I want to see a non non letdown. That's exactly what I had. Oh yeah, yeah. That like. That, like, things have been going pretty smooth. And, like, on the USL website, they keep talking about these undercurrents of how the numbers may say things aren't as, like, you know, I, like, it's like, you guys are the ones that picked us to win the whole thing. You know, like, why why do you keep, why are you trying to sabotage your own your own picks? Like, I don't get that. They look at the underlying numbers and say we're outperforming or something. Yes, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. We're getting a little lucky. Yeah. Uh, they also have us first in the power rankings, don't they? I know, we moved up like eight spots after the win against El Paso or something like that. Are we number one or are we just near? Eh, I think we're number two. I think Louisville City may be number one. Yeah, well, you know, I see what they're pointing out because I kind of pointed out the same thing is what we do works against bad teams and decent yeah. teams, but will it work against Phoenix I mean, and Louisville? We we got our the scabs picked off against Phoenix, yes. We we know that, we admitted that, and like yeah. we, it wasn't, we weren't all doom and gloom. We got outplayed against a, a good team. Um, classic trap game. Exactly. Different name for it. Yep. Trap game. Yeah. Bad team. Everyone on this team just got done playing three games in a week. Yeah. I can't believe we won on Saturday. I thought everyone was going to be gassed. Same lineup. We defend with a real vigor and, like, heart. There's a lot of heart to our defending. You know. All, all over the field. On Tuesday, our defenders never come out of the game, and they never get tired because they're playing defense. So you know what? If you got eight guys on the field kind of sitting in your end, maybe it's not that exhausting. Oh man, I don't know if yeah, I, don't I don't know, know if that's right so well. Don't I don't, don't, don't even, t- you know that I kinda, I disagree I, with I, me. I kind of yeah, I kind of gravitate towards the defensive end of things these days in my older age. It's like don't don't tell me I'm not working hard. I'm working I'm working hard. I didn't say working hard, I said tiring. Mm, all right. Now I think you're whatever. Yeah. I mean we're not professionals, and these guys run around a lot more defending than we do. I, I mean, like we talked about, Dylan and Collier, the, the work rate that they put in de- defensively up to like to shut guys down to keep them from like 
being able to hit like a 70-yard driven ball like all the way so that they have to play it like down the line where we have all of our defenders, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Like that takes so much work, so much work and effort. Yeah. And to like for the midfielders to front their guys in the midfield so they can either steal a pass that's played into their 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 feet or force them to play it long because they're just close enough to the to the guy. Okay, it's hard work, but is All it right. as hard as being in the Liverpool press? No, no, it's you know, not, no. But relatively any, speaking, but I, you know what I'm getting at, though. We played a, and we played an away game too. So what do we have? What was the last game? El Paso at home, Austin at home, and then New Mexico away. Yeah, that's a lot, man, in a week. Yeah, and then you said you brought up something. We have like five on the road after this week, or not? There's like only one at home. After the next, or do we won't even go down that road? Sadly, Clayton, yeah. Uh, listeners, go to the game, because after this, we play one home game in all of May. I'll look at Czech's schedule. Colorado Springs on the 21st of May. The other five that month are all away. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to be there, Clayton. I'm going on a vacation for the 50th birthday of my cousin. So I'm be gone. Maybe you can watch like Montego Bay versus something Harbor. Like if there's a Jamaican league game, yes. Maybe y'all can Jamaican go out league to the beach going. and and go watch a watch a game. What uh, are you gonna go to the game? I I hope to. Um, and I'd probably like to take the boy. Probably like to take Charlie. Mm. You know, he's so a no puto tailgate. I'm guessing. I probably won't be be tailgating this weekend. I have a big. Uh, I have a big. I got stuff I got to take care of on Sunday. And uh, so I'll probably just slide in and slide out. Dang, man. We got to make Colorado Springs a big deal because after that, there's only one game in June. Well, Colorado Springs is in, is in first place as well. I think that they – I don't think that – I think they only have a draw or a loss or something All right, like that. so go to this game because it's the last one for a while. All right. New segment time. What new segment. Ladies and gentlemen, new segment. Brought to you by – Brought to you by – Brought to you by Panini – for those of you who have know what Panini is, you know what Panini is. But if you don't know what Panini is, it's it's something that is comes up around World Cup time. Do you like stickers? Who do you doesn't? like do you like soccer? Do you like a book of stickers about soccer and the World Cup? Then Panini is for you. Uh, World Cup preview begins tonight, Matthew. We are thirty two weeks away from the World Cup in Qatar, Qatar. And uh, what are we going to say? What are we going to call it? Don't know. Okay, Qatar? Sure. Qatar? I'm good with right. Qatar. And, um, <laughs> and we are going to start our preview. We're going to preview all 32 teams leading up to the World Cup. And this isn't a give you a player by player. This is just a little something, maybe a little history, maybe a player or two. Ooh. Just something to let you know what's going on, who's playing in this World Cup, if you don't already know. Because we're 32 weeks away. Yeah, this is your idea. I like it. Because 32 teams, 32 weeks. Let's remember that November's got a World Cup, man. Yeah, November, December. So this is to get people excited about World Cup. Just a little thought in your head. I'm excited because I want to learn a little bit more myself. So, like... By the time we get there, I'll know more than I would have if we didn't do right. this. Right, and we don't know what direction this goes. It may be more, may be more informative. It may be more us just knocking off and, and saying weird things about countries that we don't know anything about. But you know what? I don't know. I just thought it was a good idea. So where we're starting off with is in Group H. So for people that are not super familiar with the World Cup, there's Groups A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Eight groups of four. That makes 32 we're going to start at the way in. We're going to start at the end with Group H, and we're not necessarily going to go in order, but we're starting tonight with South Korea. 
South Korea, Matthew. The Fighting 48th Parallel. Yes. Um, that's one. <laughs> I don't think that's their... Uh, I don't think that's their moniker, what been, they go by. I've been thinking this whole time of what I could call them, the fighting somethings. Well, I, and like, I came up with. I, I kind of, I caught myself a couple of, I'm like, I don't know what I can say and can't say. I know. But um, what I can say about South Korea is they are the most, they are the preeminent team in Asia. Ooh, they have, are the, they? They have the, uh, they have the most, the, lo- long, the longevity and the most fabled World Cup history of any Asian team. They have been to nine consecutive World Cups. Oh, really? I don't know if there are a lot of teams anywhere in the world that can say they've been to nine consecutive. Maybe nine like consecutive? Nine consecutive, ten overall. That might be the most anywhere. They uh, the, the ten overall is the most from Asia. And nine consecutive, I don't know if that's a record right now. Surely like Germany. Brazil, Germany, yeah. like Argentina is going to outdo that. But they were also a semifinalist in 2002. Famously, when they hosted. When they hosted. Didn't we play them in the group we sure stage? Did. We played them in the group stage. We sure did. And they were, back then, it was, you watch them and you're like, well, they're not nothing special, but their work rate is absolutely just spectacular. Like, how hard they work up and down the field. Team ethic, too. They're not going to, like, back then, you probably couldn't name one starter on, on the team. Still can't name one starter from that team. From the 2002 team. Yep. Yes, exactly. They made it to the semifinals of the world. Semifinals. So for people, if people think that it's a game built on the stars, I mean, yes, maybe, but that's, but like, you know, look at like some of these teams like Switzerland that like casual fans couldn't name a team, a guy on the team, but they're in the last 16 of every tournament every time, you know, yeah. like Uruguay. Well, Uruguay. Uruguay. There we go. Same, yeah. same thing. So yeah. here's the deal. They do have one player, though, and he could be in the top ten most exciting players in the world. I call this team Hung Min Sung and the ten other guys. Explain what, explain what we mean. Well, he plays on Tottenham next to Harry Kane. Not the best team in all of Europe, but a top team in Europe, and he's one of their best players. He's a winger. He's fast, dribbly. Uh, Every time he t- he's on the ball you kind of get on the edge of your seat, right? Don't you think oh, yeah. something exciting is going to happen? He's got fast feet. He, like, he and he, he plays like an old-school winger where he's just driving at a guy, yeah. wants to beat a man, and create something. He's always looking to create something. He plays like he takes performance-enhancing drugs, Clayton. His work ethic is <laughs> so fast. And, his, and he's, he's down at the edge of his own box defending, like, out on the wing, and then he has the ball... Like up on the the crease of the other of the other team's box, and you're this, like, how did he get there? This whole team very technical. Well, are they or is it? They are. Their skills on the ball are good. Yes, They're very technically skilled. Right. Uh, maybe I'll call them the Ajax of, of Europe of Asia. Maybe because they're really team oriented. Play a team game that presses, moves, passes. Right. None of besides this guy. We can't. I can't name another player. I think in the in their throughout their history, I think defensive frailties is probably what's done them in. Not mm. their ability to score goals, physicality. Or, yeah, maybe physical and like their team defensive construction. And I have a point about them that I that I this is this is kind of leading me to. Their coaching staff is entirely Portuguese, mm. and it's led by Paul Bento and some of the former guys that like during the heyday of the Portuguese heyday. And they're in the same group as Portugal. Oh. And I don't know if they were their coaches before Portugal, but like I I, I kind of think that maybe they saw what their frailties have been in the past and what their what their Achilles heel has been. Maybe collective defending 
maybe hard nosed defensive like ruggedness, like you've like you, you like, like old bad dirty tricks. Yeah, maybe, and that's why they brought in like a Portuguese coaching staff to kind of like show them like the the the, the dark arts, sharpen the, their elbows. Yeah, the, the dark arts, if you will, punch them in the. They, kidneys, they've kind times. of been just hardworking, nice guys. Yes, I'd agree with that. You know, and like, you know what? Don't get elbowed in the in the face again, and like, and let all that hard work go for nothing because somebody out dirtied you. Everyone, they the other team showed you a little bit of nasty that you didn't have, and and then and then you kind of buckled under that. Yeah, agreed. And maybe we're making stereotypes here. I don't know, but I mean, no, I'm thinking of the tournament. They got some good calls in that 2002 tournament, but they're a really clean team. They're when it's fair, FIFA fair play. Switz- there you go. That's great. Switzerland and South Korea are always the teams with the least fouls committed in every tournament. Right. And, and that it is came, my and It came down to that as a tiebreaker not too long ago, didn't it? In either 2018 a World Cup. 2018 World Cup. They were going to go out, and the game I was at. Wait. It what? was the African team that they were tied with, like t- not, not, um, they got like through, Mali right? or one of those, and the and the African team did not go through, and South South Korea did go through because they had. had Fewer point deductions due to the financial or not financial fair play due to the card accumulation. Yellow cards. Yes, it's, it's like yellow cards, red cards, and total. Then it goes like total fouls. That is actually something <laughs> they use for a tiebreaker in the well, world. Maybe Cup. they should fire the Portuguese coaches and keep winning that category. But anyway, South Korea is in a group with Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South and South Korea. Three other teams that like definitely bigger Tough names group. when you think of. When you think of, but maybe Ghana and Uruguay are like on the downswing, and maybe South Korea is on the upswing. Yeah, I, I you know, like if if you're trending, if you're buying that crypto, if you're buying South Korea, they're crypto, one of those teams that they don't impress necessarily. You might see them in a friendly and think, huh? But every World Cup they come through. We saw them play. They came down here and played in the Alamo Dome against Mexico. Great Do you remember fans. that? How about that? Great. They had those section. giant boomsticks. Yeah, those giant did. inflatable like. And they have a, this giant tiger thing that that like is there, uh, like on the on those flags. Oh, the fighting tigers. Then I yeah, was wrong. Yeah, but but anyway. So there's there's uh, there's our first there's our first little uh, snippet of this. There's our first thing. I hope I hope our listeners liked it, and uh, maybe some feedback. If you if you don't like it, let us know. If you if you do, you know, then we'll keep doing it. <laughs> no, it's I think a good we're gonna idea. keep doing it regardless. It's I'm not gonna let. Idea. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, I think it was good, and plus yeah. it's gonna make me. It's gonna it's gonna get me to get my panini book and do my paninis with with the kids. Did you read that Tops took over that? Yes, but I need to figure out where to get it. And so, like, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna order my starter pack. And Six months. Yeah. Oh, my kids love it. Brady loves it. Yeah. He doesn't even really like soccer that much, but he loves the panini stickers. Matthew, you said you needed five minutes for a free kick, and look at look where we're at right now. All right. Free kicks brought to you by Trevino Tile. Three generations of tiling, taking care of your tiling needs. Trevino Tile asked for them by name. Free kicks. I was. I'm, I'll say it on the pod that I was so happy that I met one of our listeners this weekend at the Crocketeers, and she called out our name, by, our sponsor by name. She's like, "Oh, Trevino Tile," and I was like, "Oh my god, we actually have a sponsor that someone remembers." So Trevino Tile, someone that people are listening. Love apparently. it. Apparently. Uh, it's a little exercise, Clayton. I got a little Easter egg for you and the listeners. I found something last night, and I freaking love it. And I want to introduce you to it, and I want to introduce the listeners to it. Can you get your phone out? Yes. Open the internet? Okay. You're going to get a website. It's called Football Dole. It's like Wordle. 
but for footballers. What? Footballers. You know I wordle with my wife. No, and, I, I did know oh, that, and I'd forgotten that. All right. No, it's called football, like Brazilian, right? F-U-T-B-A-L-D-L-E.com. F-U-T-B... Wait, say, say it again, I'm sorry. F-U-T... Yep. B-O-L-D-L-E.com. Oh, B-O-L... F-U-T-B-O-L-D-L-E.com. E.com. Here I go, I'm hitting go. <laughs> All right, so it's like Wordle. Oh, man. It's Premier- Guess the player in eight guesses or less. Premier League player. So just name a Premier Leaguer, and I'll help you with the color codes. Okay, hold you on. You get eight guesses, and it's going to tell you about their things. Like, So do I have? does their name have to fit in that number of, of slots? No, just get to the blank and write a player's name in the big oh, one. Oh, right up there. Now just start okay. typing, and their names Beckham, will pop David up. Beckham. No, current. Oh, okay, it's got to be a current Active one. Active Premier League All player. Right. Son. Youngman Son. There you go. Son. There he is. So find him with the Tottenham symbol next to him. Oh, you just passed a Tottenham. Oh, man, this may take longer than five minutes, Matthew. I don't want to leave these people hanging. All right, we're going to switch it. We're going to go easy. We're going to go Kane. Harry Kane. K-A-N-E. There he is. Harry Kane. All right. Okay, now here's where your key is. It's Tottenham's in fifth. It's a team that's in a lower place than Tottenham. Okay, so it's a player from a team on a lower place than Tottenham. How yeah. about Almiron? How about uh, okay, okay, Almiron, Miguel Almiron, former MLS player. Uh, boom, Miguel Almiron. You- now, ooh, it's you got a team within three places of Newcastle, three lower than Newcastle. Now he's from the England. Is oh, yellow. I- Okay, it's a right-footed player. You got that right. And England is the right... This is spectacular. <laughs> this is spectacular. I, I don't Hold think on. they can understand what's going on I don't care. On here we're going to go till. Oh, we're going to try to get it, huh? England is the right confederation, confederation. So it's a European right-footed footballer who's not a forward, not a midfielder, and is some term the 10th, 11th, or 12th place team. I think you're right. Maybe we play... The uh, Austin Goodbye song is our rollout music while um, you play that. How about Jack Harrison? Oh. Jack Harrison, that kind of fits in there. Jack Leeds, Harrison. Leeds might be a little low. Jack Harrison. Okay, so now what? Did I, got, did I gain any? It's between 9 and 16, so it's above that. It's either it's uh, within 3 of 9th. Man, that's that's too hard for me to He's figure out. He's European. Right. And he's right-footed. But he's not a midfielder or a forward. He haven't gotten any hits on those. Oh, and age. Older than 28. Older than 25. Over 28, European right-footed defender or keeper for a 10th, 11th, or 12th place team. Wow. Who's in, do you know who's in 10th, 11th, or 12th? That's the, that's the hard part. I don't know who's in... Villa, maybe? Aston Villa will do... Uh... They have a European... Defender or keeper? Man, this is hard. This is hard. <laughs> this is harder than Wordle. That's for sure. You can type in Villa and it'll tell you all the Villa players. And then you can see if it's someone from that team. Who are you putting in? Um, Ashley Young. Oh, well, it, it's not right because it's not an English player. Or it would be green. Oh, I see what you're playing. So it's got to be <laughs> European. I get it. You're so I'm, I'm just having a hard time figuring out what 
like the English flag means on there and the yellow that goes with the English flag. So it means he plays in the English league, but he's not English. It would be green on the English flag if he was okay. All right. It's all it's all Premier League players, but he's not. He's a European non. And it's not, and it can't be, and it's not Aston Villa. They're in fifteenth. Okay, there's someone higher than that. So man, this is fun for people that are hardcore. This is for people that are hardcore soccer people. Kathy Amen. These are for hard. This is for hardcore soccer people. Dave Stolarski. Man, gonna love this it. This is like I'm struggling right now, but I, but I'm gonna do this all night. I'm enjoying watching I'm gonna, you I'm play. Gonna, I'm gonna do this all night. Buenas noches, Clayton. Time, Time is San Antonio. Out. <laughs>